Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Um, Mom and I spent Thursday and Friday and yesterday just traveling through the country a little bit to just see what is happening in our country. We really had an unction to get away but just to see what God is doing. And we went specifically down to the Orange River to go and see how it's flowing and what is happening. And I can tell you, we have an absolutely beautiful country. And it is a wet country at the moment. doesn't matter where you're traveling, all the fields and the lands around you are just glistening in the sun because there's water everywhere. There's still some parts that need a miracle, and we pray for those, but 90% of our country is really very, very wet and very, very green at the moment. And it's just a sign of God's abundance. It is just a sign of more than enough. There's dams in a row in the Vol River and the Freest and the Orange River. And as the one fills up, it overflows and it fills up the next one. And that overflows and it fills up the next one. And for the first time in years, like the whole stream is full. And of the five biggest dams in South Africa, four of them are more than 100%, some of them more than 110%, and the Vol Dam is also in the 90%. So all of the five biggest dams are more than 90% full, and uh, that's a first time in a long time. And it's just a word that God is trying to give to His church, that in the midst of these tough times, in the midst of this pandemic, I am coming through for you, and I'm turning that which have died and dried, that which is lying dead for so many years, I'm putting them alive. And this has created just new animal life as we travel down roads where we normally don't see any animals. We saw kudu and stienbokis and all kinds of things just being in the field because there's so much water. And it's just a time of change. So we did this because we felt God saying, get away from all the voices that you are currently hearing and just hear my voice. Hear the sound of God that stands out above the sound of the news and people around you and everybody having something to say. And now and again, you just have to withdraw and hear the sound of God. So today's message is called God's sound. What is the sound that God is making? When we slept on Friday night uh, close to the Van der Kloof Dam, the whole night long you can hear the water running over. It sounds like you're at the sea. And it's just rumbling away the whole night long as the water is just flowing over it. And that is just the sound that God wants us to hear. Turn with me to 2 Samuel 5 from verse 17. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel. So let's just stop there. When the Philistines heard David's anointing. Your anointing has a sound. What God has called you for has a sound, and both your friends and your enemies can hear it. When they heard that he was anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And they weren't searching for him to congratulate him. They were searching for him to take out his anointing. Because he was not an enemy until he was anointed. Until he started walking into his calling, they had no issue with him. They had no issue with David. It's time the church walks into its calling and expects some opposition. 
and, and David heard it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? You see, you have to first hear from God. You cannot do anything in the kingdom of God if you haven't heard from God. If you haven't taken the time to hear. And we are hearing a new sound for 2021. It's already late in February, but God is only now beginning to reveal the sound for 2021. God is only now saying to us, go up, I'm doing something. And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will doubtless deliver you, the Philistines, into your hand. That word of going up, making a change, intervening, stepping up, is the word for 2021. It's go up. It's not anymore sit back and be quiet. I can tell you very clearly that for 2020, the Lord said to me, be wise and close the church. Before the president closed it the second time, we closed off and said, whoa, this is not now the time to be meeting in church. That was the word for 2020, is be wise. What's the word for 2021? <laughs> Verse 20. So David went to Baal Perizim, and David defeated them there, and he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of waters. The verse 21 there, the Lord has broken, oh sorry, second part of verse 20, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. And if you go on YouTube and you search floods in the world, you'll find currently there's a whole lot of floods all over the world where it is just taking out houses, it's taking cars, it's taking massive trucks in South Africa and across the world. There is floods happening and it's just a breakthrough. Nothing stops it. We were watching last night rocks about this size were just rolling down the water. And I thought, how does the water even move a rock that size? Big uh, interlinked trucks are just swept off a bridge as if it's a toy car. When the flood comes, nothing stops it. And that is how God is going to deal with the issues in your life. Nothing is going to stop it. Whatever you're facing, whatever is trying to stop you, God is going to deal with it in the form of a flood. Amen. And we stood at the bottom of the Thunderclough Dam, raining on us from the water that's being churned up. And it's just scary. And some of the people that were there said to me, don't go far from your car, because if we see a crack, we need to run. Because when you know that dam wall has to go, nothing's going to stop it. Absolutely nothing is going to slow it down. The wall is, I think, 108 meters high, and the water is just tumbling over the top and falling down with a big noise at the bottom, and it's just flowing so strongly. And this is what God is saying. That is how I'm going to deal with that which comes against you. Just nothing is going to stop it. So when God says, go up, then you can step out because he's going to deal with it. Verse 22. Then the Philistine went up once again. Second time. What have we just had? The second wave. Yeah. We've had a second time that the enemy has come against us. We had a second time that he tried to really stop the church. And the list of pastors that have passed away in this time is extremely long and extremely hard sore. Yeah. But that cannot stop what God is doing. So they came a second time. And what did David do again? He went to go hear from God again. Therefore, David inquired 
of the Lord. And he said, you shall not go up. Around behind, circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. See, there's a time to go up and there's a time to go around the back. And then you listen. What is God saying? What is God doing? Listen for the sound of the Lord in the mulberry trees. Listen to, for something different. If I was expecting God to speak to him, I wasn't expecting God to say, listen to a marching in the mulberry trees. But God doesn't do things by our book. He doesn't do things the way we expect. There's a sound at the moment that I'm hearing, and you can tune into any uh, Christian sound at the moment, and it's the same all over. God is saying to the pastors, come up. Start acting. The time of holding back is finished. This is a new time. There's a new voice. There's a new sound. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mobile trees. Then you shall advance quickly. For the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so. And the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Giba as far as Giza. You see, who commanded him? The Lord commanded him. So the problem with us Christians is we run ahead of God and then we run out of timing with God and we don't know why things are not working. I want to tell you we're in a time of accelerated movement and it's time for the church to get off their backside and get back together again. The time of rest is over. It is a new sound. You see, David always listened. He took time to listen. Church, hear the sound that God is making at the moment. He's saying, get out of just doing it the way you did it in 2020. There's a new word for 2021. There's a new sound for 2021. And David went to that place, Baal Perazim, the place of the God of many breakthroughs and new breakthroughs. God is giving the church a new place. It's saying now is the time for breakthrough. That which you couldn't do last year, that which you couldn't do the year before, that which didn't work then is going to work now. Why? Because this is the timing. There was also two attacks which we've already seen. David inquired again of the Lord and he does not assume what was spoken in 2020 applies in 2021. You see, you cannot go on the previous word. Last time God said, go up against them to David. Last year God said to us, Pull back. Take some time. Spend time with your family. Restore things in another way. But they had to go again for the second attack and hear a fresh word. Christians think they learned a formula and they try and apply it in the wrong situation. God is not a formula. God is one of whom you must inquire time and time again. What are you saying for this season? Oh, David was not passive or filled with fear so that he had to hide, but he had to step out. We have a pandemic shouting the same way as what Goliath did over the people of Israel. For day in and day out, Goliath shouted and the people cowered back until a man with the anointing of God came and said, okay, you cannot shout at my God. You cannot defy who my God is. And he took on Goliath. Church, it's time to take on this Goliath. We cannot hold back anymore. There is so many challenges outside of COVID in our country. And we are making them all passive 
while we're waiting for this waves to just go by. Yeah. It's time to say no ways. We've got a job to do and we have to step into it. Nothing can stop your destiny. Maybe be delays, but nothing can stop it. But God is always in control. There is a but God to deliver you. You see, we need stronger churches. And I think in this lockdown period, if I have to be honest, we've lost the youth. The church, not only frontline, but all over, has lost the interaction with the youth. We need to say back, we need koinonia, which means the church getting together, being one as families in front of God and saying, we are here to serve God. Let our children again see us serving God so that they can rise up. So we need to understand that God is busy working and God is busy saying in new things. David won based on two things. He inquired of God and he listened and obeyed God. It doesn't help you hear what God's saying. You say, oh, that's a nice word. Okay, I like that. But you never do anything about it. You have to step out and listen. Even one of the great men of God in our country, Atbosov, says he had such an encounter with God where God said to him, I'm crying for my church that is not getting together. I'm calling out for my church that is not being as one as I have appointed them. I can share with you that yesterday morning we drove through some towns that I'd never seen before. Lukov and Forrest Smith and Pietrasville. And they're all little towns in the middle of nowhere, forgotten little towns. And a while later, Manny said to me, oh, we must do this again soon, drive for some new towns. And I said, I don't think I can do that. I was too emotional after driving through some of them. The dilapidation, the poverty, the going backwards. I looked into somebody's face in Forismith, and it was as if I looked into the eyes of God when I just saw this cry for help. He didn't say anything. He didn't do anything. But God made a connection with me and this man as I drove past him. That there's no hope, there's no plan, there's no nothing. And I'm telling you, God is anointing Frontline City Church to touch the small towns of South Africa. God is touching Africa, Jesus, Africa, to go and touch the untouched. Those that nobody cares about and those that nobody has a plan for and those that are just nothing in this country. God is saying, Frontline, you're going to do it. Come here, Freddie. Oh, Shiandaranaka. I'm going to speak to Africa, Jesus, Africa. I'm speaking to you, but I'm speaking to everybody who's going to be involved in it. It's roughly about 10 years that you've been involved in this, which maybe a bit longer, a bit shorter, but that I've been involved is about eight years. And what's taken eight years or even longer to do in this, God's going to have to do in a year, Amen. in one town after another after another. In the year of 2021, you are going to establish churches in many small towns. We need to put a conference together and operate and call all the pastors together because God wants to touch the small towns of South Africa. God says the only way that the people are going to change is when we allow the Word of God to penetrate that very place. The Word of God is going to change those that have lost hope. We're not only going to give them a hope for a future, one day a pie in the sky in heaven. We're going to give them a hope for this time. This is going to turn around. Economies are going to turn around in the small towns of South Africa because of the touch of Africa, Jesus, Africa. God is going to do something brand new. Bring me some oil, please. 
koyendara nuko shiatara naka yondoro nuko yotototo sondoro nuko oshikatara nongo yembakatasha you need to start deciding what is the amount of money that you need to go full time because god is going to say us as a leadership has to trust god for that amount because you need to go full time to move from town to town and set on fire that which God has given you. You're going to establish the economies. You are going to rise up and God's going to give you many workers that's going to operate and flow with you. The Karoo, the Free State, the Natal towns, or on the Northern Transvaal towns, God's going to turn them around. Because the word of God is going to come in like a sound in the mulberry trees. Like a sound in the mulberry trees. Church, it's not about our comfort. You might be seated. It's not about our fear. It's about being with God. Yes, there has to be wisdom and we mustn't be stupid and go out into dangerous places and expose ourselves unnecessary. But we cannot sit back in our comfort zones and allow people to go to hell because we are too scared to step out. We need to step out and allow God to touch the small towns of South Africa. And we are going to be the hand of God. We are going to be the sound in the mulberry trees. Do not minimize God by the sound the world is shouting. Don't minimize God by the wise or the fearful. I know very clearly last year God said to me, be wise and be quiet. Don't put yourself in a dangerous situation. And God's saying a different word this year. God's saying, I'm with you. I'm going to take you to places that you couldn't even imagine. Not me as the church. We have a Holy Spirit that's going to protect us. We have an inner sound God is speaking. You'll know if this sound is for you or not. If you're sitting here and saying, okay, well, that's nice for them, that's okay. Because God is, might not be speaking it to you. Then your job is to pray for those that God is speaking to. Then your job is to intercede and to finance and to make a plan to send. But we need to send, church. Are we called frontline or are we called backline? Are we the ones that stay at the back or are we the ones that get jobs done? Do you know the missionary Stanley went out and he had a front group and he had a rear guard that brought supplies and established things and so on. So while he was out taking the word of God to the tribes of the Congo, those in the rear guard started partying, started mistreating the blacks in the area started selling them for slaves. Just like when Moses went up to God and he did something with God and the rest of the people started jollying in the camp. That happened exactly in Africa. And the very thing that was supposed to do good did damage because the rear God wasn't hearing the sound that the front God was hearing. Are you the front God or are you the rear God? A man that was called to change the whole of Africa became a blot on the history of Africa 
because the people who were part of his group didn't hear the sound that God was saying. We need to hear the sound that God is saying at this time. We have an inner sound that God is speaking. People miss opportunities because they focus on the world sound and not God's sound. Sorry, church, we cannot hear the voice of the world louder than what we hear the voice of God. We have to tune in. You are missing an opportunity to change the lives of others because you're listening to the wrong sound. And I'm preaching to myself. People miss out on opportunities because they focus on the storm and not on God. The storm is raging. I'm not saying it's not there. But don't focus on it. God's the one whose ear you've got to have. God's the one who's got to speak louder than anything. Tune into God's sound and act. That is my word to you, Frontline. Tune into what God is saying and forget about the rest. Let's get out there. God has already started allowing Frontline to step out a little bit. But I need more Frontline to step out. And I need us to get together here on a Sunday to be filled and strategized and empowered to go out on a Saturday and touch this area. But it won't stay in this area. It's going to spread further and further apart. And we are going to turn South Africa upside down. Not by anything that we're good at, but because we're listening to who is speaking. Because we're listening to the one who's heard the cry of those who are lost in little towns who's got no hope, but they're waiting for their SASA check once a month. God is saying, I'm going to turn all of that around and I'm going to give the people who's willing to hear, not frontline only, strategies how to turn those towns around, how to fix the potholes and how to get things going. Do you know Sina Cole? A while ago it was all in the news because there was so much racial hatred and there was a mess going on there and the whole country was on the brink of a civil war. What's happening in Sina Cole this week? Nobody's hearing about it. The Christians of all colors have got together and said, well, if we can not fix the whole country, but you know what, we can fix our town. And they started filling potholes. The black church went to the white church and cut their lawn. Started painting the walls. Started fixing the broken doors. The men came out crying. The very men that stood in the streets performing a while ago, came out crying and joined them in fixing potholes. And the world saying nothing. It's not news. It's not important. Nobody wants to know about good news. If God can turn cynical upside down, He can turn any town upside down. Can we, do you want to be part of it or do you want to hear about it? That's the question. Oh, Lunoko. Proverbs 20 and verse 27. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. God is busy searching our hearts and finding what is the voice that you're listening to. What is the voice that is speaking louder than anything else? Proverbs 8 and verse 14. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding and I have strength. By me kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. 
You see, God is saying that he has got South Africa's government in his hand, and it's time that the Christians started praying about how the government should be acting instead of just complaining. We cannot complain it right. We can pray it and we can fix it. Complaining will never change anything. Okay. Guys, I'm sorry to say, I think the reason why the technology broke today was maybe because God is saying that you'll miss out if you're not in church. You'll have to wait until we later on get it up. Because this message is for those that are here and those who might not be here will miss out. Technology does not replace koinonia fellowship. Yeah. You have to go to the temple to get the fullness of what God's got for us and to worship together, getting together. We were created to get together. We were created. How beautiful hasn't it been, even though we're still a small group, as we're getting together, we're getting inspired, we're understanding it differently. Thank God for technology. But do not replace the real thing with the fake. It isn't just there to reach those that cannot get here. That really is something stopping them. Oh, Shiandaranaka. Can I now, now hide your toes because I'm going to step on your toes now. If you believe churches should not open, then close everything else as well. Shops. If you're willing to go and see a client because he holds a big deal for you, but you don't want to come to church that is really important, you've got to ask yourself, what did Jared say? Who do you love and who do you hate? If you believe that church shouldn't be open, you mustn't see your family either. You can Zoom your wife and Zoom your children and close everything because church should be the center. Hey now, can you can I take your toes out now again. I'll step on them just now again. Let's not have double standards. It's okay to stand in a queue to go into a shop to buy a cup of coffee. But I don't want to stand in a queue to come into church. I don't want to be close to people. But I'll be quite okay to be close to the petrol attendant to put petrol in my car or anybody else. People are so afraid to go to church, but are not afraid to go shopping in the malls and restaurants and brying with friends. But when it comes to what really matters, we're scared. <laughs> we must stand for God's kingdom first, or we'll stand and give account for what you did during this time, as far as Jesus is concerned. I've been wanting to organize a church leaders conference, but scared of it. What if, what if somebody gets ill at a conference like that? What if something happens? But we cannot be scared anymore. We need to move and allow God to happen. Are we watching safe and comfortable while millions go to eternal damnation? Are you watching safe and comfortable while millions go to eternal damnation? Are you safe while your brothers and sisters are dying spiritually because they cannot connect? There's people in South Africa that cannot have access to the online, and we need to get to them as well. We need to make sure we reach them. Christians, your problem is you've become fearful and passive, and you're allowing Goliath to shout the odds. He's just shouting, and we're all dancing to his tune. Early church met despite the threat of death because I had an understanding 
it's all about souls, souls, and souls. And even now in the China and the places where they are not allowed to meet, people are meeting because they've counted important to meet. They've not replaced their meeting by Zoom and whatever else. They've stuck out to the koinonia because the souls are more important than their comfort. Is other people's souls more important than your comfort? We need to hear God's sound in our heart. Oh, we need to hear what God is saying. And I'm hearing a different word to last year. I'm hearing a different sound in the mulberry trees. I'm hearing God doing something new in the midst of a challenge. God is not waiting for the pandemic to be finished. That's what a natural, wise person would do. But God is not in that category. He's somebody that says, okay, now I'm doing this. Are you joining me or are you going to just sit on your backside and complain? This we have to believe, Romans 8. I don't have the scripture up there, but God will keep you alive while you serve your purpose. As long as you have a purpose, God is going to keep you alive. Romans 8 and verse 31 says that all things work together for good to those who are called according to His purpose. And we are called according to His purpose, and we have a job to do, and we need to step into it. O shiandara in Acts 16 and verse 6, uh, Paul, uh, uh, let me read it first and then I'll explain. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Messiah, they tried to go into Bithynia, Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. There was a time when we have to calm the sheep, but then there's a time that comes to gather the sheep and get them moving into their purpose. Words of Atbosov, and I just rang so true with me. There was a time for us to say, church, relax for now. Let's close it for now. Let's do the wise thing and protect the sheep in that way. But there's now a time to say, the Holy Spirit says, come. There are people that are crying out for the word of God, and the Christians are sitting comfortably in their house, drinking a hot cup of coffee while they listen to a word of God with their feet up on their couch. God is saying, hang on, whoa, 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 this is not going to work. There's a new sound. There's a new sound. For the kingdom, for his glory, and for souls. We are called according to his purpose. We are called according to his purpose. You see, Paul didn't worry if it was safe to go or not. He didn't worry if it was comfortable to go or not. He listened to what God spoke to him in the vision. And now, verse 22 of Acts 20 I'm being compelled by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem without really knowing what will happen to me there. Yet I know that the Holy Spirit warns me in town after town saying, chains and afflictions are prepared for you. What would you do? Let's take Lesotho. If God says to us, go to Lesotho, but on Sunday morning somebody gets up in church and says, if you go to Lesotho, you're going to land up in jail. If you go to Lesotho, I see change 
and prison in your future. Are you still going to listen to God or are you going to listen to the prophets? No, but Lord, you warned me, so I didn't go. No, I was just telling you what's going to happen. I didn't say don't go. It's not about our comfort, church. It's not about us being all nice and cozy. The time of being nice and cozy is over. We now need to respond to the Spirit. Verse 24. Jared, this is also one of those hard scriptures that I wish wasn't in the Bible. But whether I live or die is not important. For I don't esteem my life as indispensable. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny. When I read that, I fell on my knees. And I said, God, this has not been true for me. My comfort and my survival has been more important than my destiny. My staying alive and my family and my business and everything else was more important than my destiny. But Paul says, whether I live or die is not important. For I don't esteem my life as indispensable. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny. That very same Stanley that I spoke about just now is the missionary. He never knew who his dad was. His mom had a whole lot of children by a whole lot of men. She gave him off to be looked after by his grandfather. And his grandfather passed away at five years old. And he went from family member to family member for about two years. And at seven years old, he was handed off to what they call a workhouse, a slave house, where the kids just worked so that they can get food. He never got an education. He never studied anything. But somewhere in those times in the workhouse, he met Jesus. He had an encounter with the living God. And he went out and he started traveling up and down Africa telling people about Jesus. Telling people about that there is a God that's alive. He said, I don't care if I die. Not The people says he got sick so many times with fevers. He was shot with a poisonous arrow. He was left for dead along the rivers. But he kept on going. He was lost and nobody could find him for some years. But he kept on going because there was a destiny that had to be fulfilled. He didn't worry about what was right and what was wrong. He didn't worry about was it comfortable or not. But you see, the Christians of today has had it too comfortable. So we don't have any grit. But those who have suffered has got some grit because they suffered. Because they've seen God in the hard times, they're not scared of hard times. When you've only seen God in the good times, then you're scared of going into hard times because you don't have faith that your God will carry you through the hard times. But when you've really met God, when you're down and out, when there's nothing left to do but to trust God, you're willing to do anything because you've seen Him in those times. You've seen Him in the broken times. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry my Lord Jesus has assigned to me, which is to faithfully preach the wonderful news of God's grace. Church, we have a calling. Frontline, things are changing. Frontline, there's a new word. There's a sound in the mulberry trees that I'm hearing, and I'm hoping that you're hearing it too. There's a sound, there's a shift that I can't put it into words. I don't know how it's going to work out. I have no plan, except I have a voice. 
I can't put it all out for you and say this is step one and that's step two and that's step three. But I can tell you I'm hearing a voice. And I had to fall on my face and repent and say, God, I'm hearing the voice, but I've been ignoring it. I've been trying to not hear it. But as I drove through Forismith, at first I was crushed at the political agenda of the town. At first I was upset because somebody messed up. It must be their fault. It's, why are they doing this? Why are they littering? Why are they this? And then when I looked into somebody's eyes, I saw a cry for help. I saw something saying, and I drove away and I heard God say, you've got the answer. You have the destiny inside of you. Are you going to let it die with you? Or are you going to have an opportunity to implement it? God is anointing you, Freddie, and many others to go and make a change in the small towns of South Africa. I'm privileged to have the opportunity to be part of that, to do whatever I can do to make it happen. It's already started rolling that ball, but now God says it's going to pick up speed in a way that you cannot imagine. It's now what he's done in Lesotho in 10 years has to happen every couple of months in another town. It's not about the building anymore. It is about a changed heart for a whole group of people. To put a hope in those that have lost hope. To give a vision to those who have no vision. That is a calling on the front line for this time. I don't know what God will say later on, but now this is the time. Turn with me to 2 Kings 4. I've often preached about this, but today I'm preaching it from another place. The wife of a man from the company of... Oh, now I can't see a thing. <laughs> uh, you'll have to read it for yourself. The wife of a man from the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditors are coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? There's always these two questions that God asks. How can I help you and what do you have? They always go together. Church, we have a few people that believe in Christ. And if that's all that we have, then we have the answer. If we have a few people, Jesus changed the whole known world with 12 people that got excited. There's more than 12 people here. How can you help? How can I help you, as Jesus saying to us at the moment? And what do we have? He said, Lord, all we have is our own lives. We don't have tons of money. We don't have buildings and cars and everything. But we have our lives, Lord God. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. And we know the story, and I won't even read it now. Too emotional to read it, because God said to her, Go fetch containers. Go fetch every container that you get. Don't just bring a few, but bring. Because I'm going to fill it. I'm going to fill every one that you bring. Every place you go to, I'm going to fill. Every place that you touch, I'm going to fill with the olive oil. And it's not going to run out until you stop going. It's not going to run out until you get comfortable in your house and you think you're okay and you don't need anything. The other story that comes to mind is in Matthew 14, verse 13 
when Jesus was, heard what had happened, he withdrew the boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him and on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. And he healed their sick. God has compassion on the towns of South Africa at the moment. God has compassion on those that nobody else cares about. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Frontline. God is saying to us, give something to eat to those that are hungry. Give something to eat to those that you feel like you'd rather send them away. That everybody else says they're not important. God says, you go feed them. We have only five loaves and bread and two fish, they answered. We only have a few people in church, God, and we all have to work and we have... What is our excuses? The same as the disciples have many excuses. Bring them here to me, he said. Whatever we've got, we've got to take to God. Whatever we can, we've just got to bring. So God, it's not enough for the need. Our provision, and the, the need, our provision is this big and the need is that big. This can't really make a change to that. But if you put this in the hands of Jesus, it can reach this need. What about my work, God? What about my family? What about, what about, what about? I think Jesus' answer is what about it? What about it? Is that going to stop you from fulfilling your destiny? Is your pain or your comfort or your lack of provision? We must live to change the society. We've got to bring to God everything we have and say, Lord, I don't want to be a spectator anymore. I don't want to be a complainer anymore. I want to be a change agent. I want to be the one who takes your love and your mercy into the midst of the most broken, most helpless, most remote person that nobody else cares about. And I believe that if they get touched by you, their whole life is going to turn around. This is the crux, church. Do you believe that people's life will turn around when they receive Jesus? If you believe that, nothing will stop you. If you think that bringing them Jesus is going to change nothing, then you're not going to move. But if you believe that getting Jesus to them is going to change their whole situation, you'll be running out and grabbing everybody that you can and saying, I've got to give you something. Your life needs to change. I have the answer to your pain. I have the answer to your financial distress. I have the answer to your healing. We are not responsible for the results. We are the responsible the little boy who gave his fish to Jesus and his five loaves. So this is my lunch, Jesus. It's all I've got. But I'm giving you that. And he changes a whole crowd, and there's leftover. Just like God filled the one dam, and it overflowed into the next dam, and it overflowed into the next dam. God is starting something here that's going to overflow, and overflow, and overflow, and overflow, until the South Africa cannot ignore the sound of the rushing water. They will not be able to ignore what God is doing. 
but it's going to take us coming to Jesus and saying, here's my comfort. Here's the things that I count precious. Here is everything that is stopping me from being part of this. It's going to take a few people to rise up and say, I want to be a frontliner. Not I want to belong to frontline. It's one thing to belong to frontline. It's another thing to become a frontliner. And I'm not talking about the church frontline. I'm talking about in our mindset of leading this country into another realm. I also get cross. I also get upset when things are wrong. I also get frustrated when things doesn't go the way they should go. But I know one thing that God says, I've put something inside of you that's going to change everything. Are you going to leave it locked up in your study where you have a nice comfortable Zoom meeting that those that have got enough data and those that have got enough of a computer and so on, you can reach them and you can say, hey, well done, 5,000 people listened to the message. Or you're going to get out and get your hands dirty at the risk of your life and have an impact. The time of sending them away is over. The time of the word for 2020 that said, be wise, be careful, make sure you're safe. Get through this and then we'll talk. That word is over. There's a new sound in the mulberry bush. In the tops of the mulberry bush, there's another sound. And it says, come on, go. Go, go, go. I want to pray for those who felt that this word was for them. But I want you to just take some time. Can I have just the keyboard, please? Just play a sound for me. And I want you to just think about it. If it is, this is for you. Don't, don't rush to say, yes, I like this. I'm in. But tomorrow morning, count the cost. And then, no, 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 I don't think I can be part of this. I'm not saying you must leave your job tomorrow. So don't mishear me. But to become part of it is to say, I'm searching for an answer. I'm pushing in for God to change me enough that I can change others. It means that I will allow God to work through me and wherever He sends me, I'll go. It's not to rush up without listening. Because you'll get yourself into trouble if you rush and you're just responding to this word without you sorting out with God if He has called you to do anything about it. So today's prayer is not about going out. Today's prayer is about God, speak to me. If there's anything that you want of me that can make the change, then I'm willing to give it. I don't know yet what it is. I haven't heard clearly how, but I'm saying count me in, God. Count me in because I know there's a new sound. If that's you, then come forward. But I'm the first in line. I'm the first one who says, God, whatever it takes, whatever it's going to cost, allow us as a church to touch those that need to be touched. Please don't feel any compulsion. If you know God is speaking, respond. But don't step up because others are stepping up. Don't step up if you haven't heard from God. Maybe another day is your day, so no pressure. Father God, as we stand here together,
we'll be wise and we won't lay hands on everybody today. But we declare, Lord God, that we give you everything we have, everything that can make a change, Lord God. We know it's not enough. We know that two fishes and five loaves cannot fill a nation. We know that 20 or so odd people standing here on a church on a Sunday morning saying we're going to change Africa cannot change it but we know that when God takes what is here and he infuses it with who he is and what he has done then lives are going to change situations are going to change people are going to change economies are going to change countries is going to change governments are going to change because he said so <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Oh, she Shiandaranaka. Excuse my nose, guys. <laughs> Holy Spirit, let every member of Frontline hear the new sound. Oh, Lord God, let us march to the sound in the mulberry trees. Let us step forward and experience what you've done. Because we bring to you whatever we have, Lord Jesus. Anoint us for this task like you anointed David for the task. Like you anointed the disciples to hand out the bread. But you multiplied it, Lord God. Anoint us in that same way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I speak out a blessing over those here that each one will fulfill the destiny that you have put inside of them. However and whatever you, and I don't know how it's going to work out for each one, but I know you've put something inside of each one of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.